Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, May 24th. It is seven minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We start off the show today by quoting Tom Petty. The waiting is the hardest part. Every day you see one more card. You take it on faith. You take it to the heart. The waiting is the hardest part. However, today, the waiting is over. Ron DeSantis is expected to announce he's running for president tonight on Twitter with Elon Musk at 6 o'clock. So game on. Mm-hmm. To quote Wayne's World, yeah, game on. <laughs> and uh, here we go, right? I mean, yeah. this, now, you, now, you now have two legitimate contenders to be the next president of the United States. Everybody else... You know, yesterday, the day before, was Tim Scott's day. Tim Scott is a fine person. He's a fine American. He would make a great vice president, someone in a cabinet. This is a table for two. And now both, as of this evening, both uh, attendees will be sitting at the table. And we will get a pretty good idea of whether this is going to be an actual contest or not. I've said give it three weeks. So three weeks from announcement day. So today is May the 24th. So by by Father's Day, mm-hmm. let's pick. Let's just pick a number. Yeah. By Father's Day, if Ron DeSantis is still 20 points behind Trump, then we got an issue here. But if by Father's Day it's consistently 10 points, well, then everybody's in the arena and it's it, it's a toss-up. It's any anybody's ballgame. Now, the most interesting thing about this is that he is choosing to make the announcement on Twitter, mm-hmm. which I have heard people on both sides of the aisle say this is a terrible way to announce your presidency. I've heard people say this is a brilliant way to announce your presidency. I tend to think it's fine because what are we doing right now? Talking about it. We're talking about that he's running for president. Mm-hmm. So what he's doing, normally you see these in the morning, right? At 9 a.m., you know, t- Tim Scott is announcing he's running for president. And yes, he gets that little box in the news cycle and people cover the announcement and Fox News runs it. How many people are actually watching television at 9 a.m.? Not all that many. But if you can announce it, I think this is what, six in the evening he said to make the announcement? Yeah. Yeah on a platform that Trump has abandoned. And you know Trump is chomping at the bit to get back on Twitter to try to steal the thunder, but then he would have to admit Twitter is better than truth, and he can't really do that. Well, he's got money in truth. Right. So Trump has basically abandoned Twitter. So DeSantis is saying, okay, I'm carving out this as my landscape. You've got your landscape where a fraction of the world is using. You can have that. I'm taking where the people are and where the people are coming back to and talk radio, television, et cetera. We'll spend the whole day talking about me making the announcement. I think it's a good move. Okay, so this is going to happen on Twitter Spaces, and it's audio only, and he's doing this with Elon Musk. So in his back pocket 
you would assume that he's going to bring all of Elon Musk's 140 million Twitter followers with him. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing that we can't see him say it? I don't think it matters because, again, it's do do people know you're running for president? Nobody's going to vote on a campaign video. Right. People are going to vote, especially in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, which is where the the table kind of gets set up based on how you campaign in those states. Now, your introduction is a part of it, but the key is for people to know the casual person to know you are running for president in the United States. And so, again, the hardcore political person is going to make up their mind. I mean, they're going to make up their own mind, but but we're going to talk about it. We're delivering the information to those people. Ron DeSantis is running for president of the United States. Okay, check. We already have an opinion on Ron DeSantis. Most people listening to us already have an opinion on Ron DeSantis. Now, are they maybe up in the air on, is it DeSantis or Trump? Am I kind of torn? Okay, let's see. But the point is to get people to know you are running, exposing yourself. And let's face it, Elon Musk brings you a platform of different people that you don't normally associate with routine run-of-the-mill Republican Party politics. And that's what we've said all along, that whoever it is has to get some of those independents. But the curious thing here, Elon Musk has said some somewhat controversial stuff at times. And is that good or bad for Ron DeSantis? Does he care? Well, I think it's I think it's all fine because it's a Republican primary and let's face it trump's announcement was like a nine hour reading of the great gatsby i mean it was laborious it was boring it went on forever i mean he could have done that in five minutes and he started reading the phone book i mean even the people there were bored (laughs) so and and by the way most people trump did his at night and a lot of the networks didn't even cover it far more people are going to cover Ron DeSantis announcing, especially because he's engaging with Elon Musk, who is a highly controversial figure. Something I'd like to point out is that tonight the president, Biden, is going to deliver remarks on the grand staircase of the White House. He's to remember victims of the Uvalde shooting. I think the timing is interesting. Yeah, but Biden... Biden doesn't is is not ca- capable of captivating a nation. Like it used to be, okay, the president of the United States will address the nation. Everyone stop. Well, these addresses now, I mean, you know, remember the one where it's all draped of the blood red background mm-hmm. yeah. and half a society is evil and yeah. a semi-fascist. And I just don't think that works that way anymore. I mean, Biden proved that when he chose not to announce his presidential campaign in person and in prime time. I think they said that that doesn't have the juice that it does. People are going to be interested in what Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis have to say because we just, that's the way our culture works now. We're interested in controversial people. We're interested in how earth changers, of which Elon Musk is, right? I mean, Elon Musk has done things that has changed the way human society operates, either through his spaceships his electronic cars now twitter he's a you know he's one of the most important people he's a on the planet right you're absolutely right yeah and so i think this i know jin saki was ripping this and of course they want the democrats want trump to run so i think they're going to be very critical of desantis i think this is fine because i think it gives you a whole the longer you can stay in the news cycle which we're giving him the news cycle. Talk radio's giving him the news cycle. The t- television giving him the news cycle. And then he'll get it again 
tonight with a new group who maybe doesn't listen to talk radio or watch Fox News all day, I think it's a fine move because it keeps you front and center the longest. So last night, Casey DeSantis, Ron DeSantis's wife, tweeted out a 30-second video. It would be called a teaser, right? Pretty glossy. It had Ron DeSantis. Looks like he's preparing to go on a stage. It's accompanied by this nice voiceover that was written specifically for this 30-second ad. Casey DeSantis tweeted out, America is worth the fight every single time. I liked it that it was a 30-second video. Yes. It was easy to watch and to the point. Quick. We, we actually have the audio of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's take a listen. They call it faith because in the face of darkness, you can see that brighter future. A faith that our best days lay ahead of us. But is it worth the fight? Do I have the courage? Is it worth the sacrifice? America has been worth it every single time. Yeah, look, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how DeSantis goes about this because there's about three different ways we talked about this he can play this. Way number one is if he believes it's such an uphill battle and he's looking for name ID and he's looking to be the next standard bearer, okay, you play it safe and it's Florida, Florida, Florida. It's 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 it, we Blueprint did this for America, right? You know, here, you know, here's what we did. Here's our press, and maybe you get lucky and win. That that's the first way to go about it. The second way to go about it. If you actually want to win, and again, it's if you come for the king, you better not miss, is he's got to hold the mirror up to these Trump people who are, and by Trump people, I'm not saying people who will vote for Trump in a general election because we should all agree, and apparently Todd Young doesn't, but we should all agree that you should vote for an orange peel over Joe Biden. But the, the always Trump, you know, the, the you should, the, the whole thing is laughable. He should wait his turn. What the heck does that mean? Right. Any person who wants to run for any public office who can legally run for that office should absolutely be able to run. That is so offensive that these Trump people, it's not his time. Trump's ran twice now. It's not like Trump is the new guy on, on stage. It's, it's so ridiculous. But hold the mirror up. And just straight out tell these people, you are voting for a guy who caused this inflation. You are voting for a guy who bribed the states to shut down society. You are voting for a guy who was pro-mask mandate. You are voting for a guy who was pro-Fauci. You are, I mean, there's just an endless list of things with Trump where you don't have to even go into how unelectable he is. That's the third way to go about it, which is the unelectability of Trump. And I think that is going to be a big part of what DeSantis talks about is the Florida story and the unelectability of Trump. But I think the one in the middle that it's a bold move is to make people own what they're voting for. And if people ultimately vote for him anyway, then that's fine. But you got to make people go into that voting booth going, I'm voting for the guy who caused the inflation. I'm voting for the guy who liked fa- who promoted Fauci. I'm voting for the guy who was pro-mask mandate. I'm voting for the guy who was pro-shutdown. Okay, mm-hmm. but make them own it. Make yeah. them play the game. Okay, so eventually Ron DeSantis is going to have to talk about the economy. And Mike Pence has been spending a lot of time in oh. Iowa currently, right? And Ron DeSantis, he has said, well, it's been reported, rather, that he's going to hit the road after Memorial Day weekend. And he's going to go to Iowa. And I think, you you know, you gave us three weeks by Father's Day. Let's see what happens. I think you'll also see how he's received in 
in Iowa, how that goes. And Mike Pence spending a lot of time there, yet not announcing anything. Yeah. uh, Okay, so let's take a break. When we come back, Trump has a trial date in New York, and he had a... Which trial? Yeah, yes, at this point, it is the the Alvin Bragg trial Mm -hmm. uh, for his payments to Stormy Daniels. He had an epic little truth about that. We'll we'll do a dramatic reading and trending stories when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and trending this morning, LeBron James. He is hinted at retirement. This was shortly after the uh, Lakers lost to the Denver Nuggets. He said, Just for me personally, going forward with the game of basketball, I've got a lot to think about. Great, great. Go, please, please. It's, it's again, it's, uh, you know, it's not an airport terminal. You don't have to announce that you're pending departure. Either depart or get on the airplane, uh-huh. right? He's and th- thinking about it. Well, this guy, he, he's, just, he's just, everything is drama with him. And the fact that he just blatantly and willfully just despises, you know, half of his fan base. I mean, he's so radical left. Just, there's nothing endearing about this guy. He's a flopper and a faker. He's obviously a tremendously talented basketball player. But... You ain't Michael Jordan. You ain't ever going to be Michael Jordan. You had to skadoodle out of town and team up with three, two other superstars to win your championships. So, so what is adios. This? Is this a, come on, someone tell me to stay. He, Beg me to stay. He, I want to feel important. He needs attention. Mm-hmm. He's look at me, look at me, look at me guy. Because no matter how much he has, that's why he just hops from one team to the next. Again, never going to be Michael Jordan. Not in the same stratosphere. Sayonara. Now, he ain't quitting because he wants to play with his kid, and his kid is a year away from the NBA, so it'll be at least two years before he retires, but get lost. Okay, also trending this morning. And I'm sure that really offended LeBron James that the Indianapolis radio guy told him to get Get lost. Get lost. Get out of here, dude. Uh, Also trending another city in the state of Indiana. The website Travel Safe has combined a bunch of data from the FBI, from the open street maps, dozens of other sources, and they analyzed everything and came up with the most dangerous city in the state of Indiana. It has to be Indianapolis, doesn't it? Is that your guess? It has to be. How could it not be? Kevin, what do you have? Maybe Gary. Uh, Yeah, I was guessing Gary. Yeah, it could be Gary. You're both wrong. What? They say it is South Bend, Indiana. (laughs) Well, I guess Gary's kind of (laughs) close. It is. It's close. 45 minutes away. And finally trending this morning, Blue Bell Ice Cream has a new flavor of ice cream. Well, that's awesome, isn't it? Have you tried it? Yeah. I have an open mind. It's called Dr. Pepper. It tastes like a Dr. Pepper float, huh? They brought us uh, some samples here, and they are absolutely uh, tremendous, and everyone should absolutely, totally uh, try this ice cream out because we love people who give us free stuff. Okay, vanilla flavored ice cream with a Dr. Pepper flavored sherbet. There's only 510 calories in that whole thing, Casey, so just eat it up right now. The whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, real quick, before we get to a break, I did want to uh, do a dramatic reading, if that's okay. Um, absolutely. I'm going to enjoy my ice cream. So it looks like Trump is going to, they set a trial date yesterday for Trump in New York 
for the whole Stormy Daniels whatever, and it'll be March 25th, which could be. Now, Trump claims he's winning by so much that it isn't going to matter, but it could be right in the middle of a presidential primary if, you know, DeSanctimonious uh, hangs on, if he's, uh, you know, I don't even know why he's running, according to Trump. He's going to win by so much, but it's so weird. Trump says no one has a chance, yet he's very worried it'll be right in the middle of a presidential primary. Mm -hmm. He did uh, take onus with the date that the judge apparently chose for his uh, presidential uh, his trial in the middle of the presidential primary and uh, did a little true thing about that. If it'd be all right with you, of course I'll, he I'll, did. We'll, we'll do a dramatic reading. Well, you know, and he was told, quit discussing this. Well, yes. But then he ran straight to truth. He's how, What are the odds that he ends up, what do they call that? Contempt of court? Yeah. Is that what they call it? I don't where think he cares. Where you do the thing that the judge tells you not to do? Yeah. Wouldn't it be just hilarious if he got it, somehow got his bail revoked? I mean, I could totally see all this happening. Anyway, here's what Trump had to say yesterday. Just had New York County Supreme Court hearing where I believe my First Amendment rights, freedom of speech, have been violated and that forced upon us a trial date of March 25th, right in the middle of primary season. Very unfair. But this is exactly what the radical left Democrats wanted. It's called, in all caps, Election interference and nothing like this has ever happened in our country before. Triple exclamation point. March 25th? Ten months away. Yeah. I mean, he's got a point. Well. They couldn't speed that up a little bit? I... I, I'm not a man of the law, Casey. I don't profess to have a law degree. Uh, I don't know why it was scheduled then. Uh, because it's right in the middle of the election. Well, That's why. could very well be. But look, it, Trump has said it's all over and DeSantis shouldn't even be running. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, then it should be over by middle of January. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh triple exclamation point. Yeah. We've got the news coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And as the debt ceiling negotiations continue, AOC has claimed that a failure to raise the limit would cause massive chaos in the U.S. economy. She said the stakes of a default could not be understated. It would impact every single person's life. The whole debt ceiling thing, and we've spelled this out for you, is a total charade it's a sham it's it's political din- stunt it's dinner theater neither side is remotely interested in helping you they both add massive amounts to the debt nobody wins here the only people well i mean the donors the lobbyists the special interest will continue to win so but you know it is what we do here we talk about politics so let's play out and be a uh, audience participant in this dinner theater. So, uh, so <laughs> it's interactive. Uh, Pramila uh, Jayapal, mm-hmm. easy enough to say. Yeah, uh, she is a Democrat representative, and just the 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 hysterical drama from these people is just unbelievable. And she essentially says there's going to be violence in the streets mm-hmm. if the Democrats have to make any spending cuts. 
I think there would be a huge backlash from our entire uh, House Democratic, you know, caucus, certainly the progressives, but also in the streets. You know, I mean, I think that this is it's important that we don't take steps back from the very strong agenda that the president himself shepherded and led over the last two years. So if you don't 100% get your way, and all again, we're not talking about returning to, which we should, 1996 spending levels. We're talking about 2022 spending levels, mm -hmm. like what you just did last year. If you have to do that, you're going to riot in the streets. Right, right. Okay, so she doesn't want to take steps back from out-of-control spending. But what does that backlash in the streets look like? Well, I think you've seen what backlash in the streets look like. Uh, you didn't have the great fortune of being a, a resident of our fair city during that summer of love in 2020. But uh, for those of us who were actually here and a part of that, we all remember the broken glass and the burning buildings and the the people, I mean, the Chris Beattie murder trials going on right now for the three people who allegedly killed him. And uh, so I think that they've, the Democrats have made very clear what, what, uh, uh, whatever they, however they Backlash. want to word it. Yes. Whatever word du yeah. jour they're using, mm -hmm. uh, how that looks. So Biden benefits from this because he can walk around and lecture Republicans about how irresponsible they are. He can call them deadbeats. But then you've got Republicans who can and play victim and say, well, we've been trying. We've been trying to negotiate. So losers on both sides. Yeah. So Corinne Jean-Pierre got asked because Biden, of course, waited forever to actually engage in the uh, negotiations. And. She claims, Casey, mm -hmm. and I'm going to need some help on this. She says Biden's been trying for months. You said today that negotiations are hard and they take time. Did the president wait too long to engage with the Republicans on the negotiations that he's in the middle of right now? The president has been engaging or trying to engage with Republicans for months now. For months. He put For months. So what's a what's a bigger lie, Casey? Let's play a little game here. Yeah. Are you ready? All right. So behind door number one, we have uh, Joe Biden <laughs> or cringe up here saying Joe Biden has been engaging for months right. in talks on the debt ceiling. Uh -huh. Or behind door number two, we have Jim Banks claiming Republicans are trying to cut the national debt. Which is our bigger lie from the both of the part? We have both of the parties just blatantly lying right to your face which one is the bigger lie zonk that's what uh, that's what we're getting you know i mean you're being look you, at this point it's, it's got to be kareem jean-pierre yeah but i don't know casey if you're adding 15 trillion to the national debt your plan adds 15 trillion to the national debt over 10 years and you claim you're trying to cut the national debt is that really any worse well which I is mean, what jim banks said on twitter she just stood up there and said that biden's been trying for months and yet we've heard kevin mccarthy for months saying come to the table meet with us let's start negotiating so what's a worse lie to lie in front of a room full of people or lie to the whole world with your thumbs which which is i mean again you look you are if you, you are being gaslit by all of these people right on both sides jim banks doesn't care about you 
Corinne Jean-Pierre doesn't care about you. Kevin McCarthy doesn't care about you. Joe Biden doesn't care about you. None of these people care about you. And they're arguing, again, it's dinner theater. It's beef and boards. It's a, a, a real life game of Clue where you get a sandwich and a soda during the process where they're getting you to attempt to think that they care about you. They're trying to con you into thinking they care about you. But the reality is- Neither side does. Neither side does. They're both lying to you. They're both just- they're just pathetic people. Mm-hmm. All right. When we come back, Casey. Yes. I love this so much. So Michael Munger, one of my all-time favorite people. He's really, really smart. Oh, he's great. He's off the off the chart smart. Duke economist. He is going to be with us. He has a new piece out, a new, a new written piece about how the intellectual elites, academia, mm-hmm. are ruining the economy. <laughs> yes. It's the perfect piece for this show. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Well, the change was made up time in the big man Joe in the bay. Intellectuals may be ruining everything when it comes to the economy. So says our next guest. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. And I love this next guest so much. And I love this next piece so much. He's one of my favorite people in the whole world. Dr. Michael Munger, Duke economist. And he has a new piece out in the American Institute for Economic Research called Why Intellectuals Hate Al Cervic. And for those of you who don't know, Al Cervic is the character that Rodney Dangerfield played in Caddyshack. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. Dr. Michael Munger, Duke Economist, joins us now. All right, Munger, you say the intellectuals are ruining everything with the economy. The floor is yours. The problem, and first let me say thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. The, The problem that any economy faces is that there's a bunch of people who end up producing a lot of value and producing all of the things that we need on a day-to-day basis. So if you're a used car dealer, if you are someone who sells air conditioning units, if you do real estate deals, if you own a grocery store, all of those things are really hard work and we can't depend on it. And we end up not valuing it because, and I, I'm telling a story on myself here, I admit. I have a lot of friends. I'm a professor at Duke. I have a lot of friends who think of themselves as intellectuals. Now, the definition of an intellectual is someone who trades in secondhand ideas. That is, who is interested in ideas. Not that has ideas themselves, but think that ideas should be really important. That's the definition of an intellectual. And if I went to school... I'm in the third grade, the seventh grade, and I'm sort of a weird kid. Uh, you know, I read a lot. I get really excellent grades, but I get picked on and beat up. I help the teacher clean the erasers after class. So the teacher really likes me. Other students, not so much. And there's these kids in the back that are not the teacher's pet. They're just playing cards and throwing stuff. They end up being richer than I am because they're the ones who become the productive members of society. I sit around and read books 
and chew on my own liver because I'm so upset <laughs> at how unfair things are. Dr. Michael, <laughs> Dr. Michael Munger, Duke economist, is our guest. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I didn't want to introduce you. This fabulous piece in the American Institute for Economic Research, Why Intellectuals Hate Al Cervic. And basically what you're saying is guys like Dangerfield and Caddyshack, the Al Cervic character, they sat in the back and screwed around, but when it came time to doing, they got things done, and that that angers the people that were succeeding inside the system, but not in the real world. Well, for the most part, intellectuals are very well taken care of. It's not that they themselves are poor. It's just that it really upsets them that somebody else has more. And then normally we would just call that a sin. It's called envy. Mm-hmm. But instead, intellectuals who are traders in secondhand ideas, they want to change the game. And they call this social justice. Ah. So in, instead of the sin of envy, we are going to create a new program where we're going to try to achieve social justice, where all of these people who produce things but don't really deserve all their wealth are going to have it taken from them because we, and I'm making air quotes, I don't know who this we is, but we think <laughs> they shouldn't have it. When you go to events, because I've you know I've known you for fifteen years now, you I, I, congratulations, Doctor Munger. You are the most I think the most brilliant person I actually know, and oh, you rip on yourself and your colleagues all the time. I'm curious when you go to the big events, the big parties, the Duke stuff. How are you? How are you greeted at these things? Because you basically on the regular say we're all kind of worthless and we suck. I. Don't say that as much at parties. <laughs> <laughs> However, it, it is still true that uh, I think a lot of a lot of people sort of secretly recognize that much of what intellectuals do is a charade. The problem is that those aren't the ones that you read about in the paper, and they're not the ones whose political ideas become important. So if you look at the people whose political ideas become important, they fervently believe what I just said, that envy should be translated into social justice. So the difficulty that the United States has is that we are a failure as a product of our success. We have become so wealthy that poverty is gone. The big problem of poverty is obesity. Think mm. about that. Mm-hmm. Not starvation, but obesity. Mm-hmm. And so what we, what we worry about instead is what we call the problem of inequality. Now, uh, Karl Marx, famously, when he was – Karl Marx never had any money and he never had a job. And he thought that was deeply unfair. And so he wrote this elaborate theory about why, in fact, we need to have a system of social justice. So um, famously, uh, Marx was – he wrote a letter to his mother. You know, he needed money. Because he never had a job. And his mother wrote back and said, you know, maybe if you worked for capital instead of writing it, that things would be better. Because capital was the title of Marx's book. So he just thinks about it rather than actually trying to accomplish something, make deals and put things together. And it may seem unfair to many of us that society values the people who create value instead of talking about value. Because the, a lot of the smart people, and you know, by smart I mean people who memorize ideas and make teachers happy by spitting back what the teacher said. That's a dumb definition of smart. <laughs> smart should be, I figure out ways to make new stuff that serves other people. That's what a capitalist system rewards. 
So you're you're not wrong that I I do often stand alone at parties with people sort of giving me the side eye, but a, a lot there's more people than you might think that are self aware enough to realize it. The problem, and that's what I want to emphasize, is that maybe five percent of intellectuals that are just so full of themselves that actually believe the crap that they write, those are the ones that influence politics, and that's why right now the United States is on the verge of having a social justice revolution that I think is going to cause the collapse of the economy. Oh. Dr. M- Dr. Michael Munger is our guest, Duke economist. Casey, go ahead. So you were saying that, am, am I right to take away that the big is beautiful and the idea of body shaming came from the smarty pants people? Is that what you're saying? Sure, because it's inequality. Instead of saying that this is at least partly a question of your own character and your own behavior then instead it is the problem of society that we have standards. And it's not just body shaming, it's hard work, it's being uh, actually uh, able to solve problems. All of those things are a sign of bias in in the mind of the intellectual because anything that gets in the way of equality is a vice, it's a, it's a sin. Dr. Munger, when you and we've been having this conversation for 15 years about the kids that you see in your classroom at Duke, and obviously there ain't no dummies that get into Duke. So do have you seen a change over the years at how people view capitalism who who come into your classes at Duke? Have you seen a, a change in how kids view society that come into your classroom at Duke? And does it have you concerned? Well, the, there's, there's two changes. One is they're almost completely unwilling to have any sort of serious discussion about important issues because they're mostly worried about offending people. And the other thing is that they're much more sympathetic to sort of a loosely reasoned idea of socialism. And their idea of socialism is it's not even an economic system. Socialism is a system where we all help each other. And capitalism is a system where we're all greedy. Obviously, socialism is better. That, that's the level of education that they've gotten in high school. But, Rob, that's, that's why I could be effective. Because if you sit in my class for a semester, I can change the way that you think about the world. And I often get that in the evaluations. I had one kid who wrote a a letter to the – well, he was a columnist for the Duke newspaper. And in this column, he said – Munger has ruined me. I can no longer talk to my friends because they're complaining about Walmart. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking, you know, well, wait, on December 23rd, who do you see in Walmart? Do you see professors? No. You see poor people buying stuff for their kids because that's where they can get inexpensive stuff for their kids. Walmart is not something that's bad for poor people. And in fact, if you look, poor people in the United States, this is a question that I often ask students and they always get it wrong how many people in the united states make minimum wage and how where would a minimum wage job put you in the world distribution of income the answer to those two questions is first two percent most people say 30 percent make minimum wage which is dumb but the answer to the second is the important one all of the intellectuals say we should be worried about comparative poverty you know, inequality. Mm-hmm. Well, a minimum wage job in the United States puts you in the top one-fifth of the world income distribution, which is why poor people are trying to get into the U.S., not trying to get out. We're not thinking of building a wall to keep people from getting out like socialist countries. 
We have so many people, poor people, middle class people, who want to come to the United States because they understand the success of capitalism. They don't want to be in socialist countries. They want a capitalist system. It's only the fat and happy intellectuals who have persuaded themselves that, you know, we'd be better off being socialist. Everybody should go read this new piece, Why Intellectuals Hate Al Cervic. It's over at the American Institute for Economic Research. Dr. Munger is the author. Where else can people find you? The best place to look for me is at my Twitter account, which is just at Mungowitz, M-U-N-G-O-W-I-T-Z. And I have a new podcast called The Answer is Transactions Cost. I love it. The Answer is Transactions Cost. So, um... P-A-I-T-C, and you can find it everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. I absolutely love it. That'll give me something else to listen to. Dr. Munger, you are the best. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.